Harvey David Sinclair Speaks, and you are now tuned in to the Sinclair Speak Show. You are now tuned in to the Sinclair Speak Show. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Sinclair Speak Show podcast. I'm your host, Yahavi Sinclair. Now, guys, I have the honor to introduce another impactful, incredible guest, someone who is influencing others from across the world, all the way from the UK. I had the honor to sit down for an hour and a half with Maxwell Nee. This guy is doing impactful things, coaching entrepreneurs from across the world to scale the business, co-founder of High Performing Coach. He's built $1 million online coaching business. I'm sorry, coaching businesses through the pandemic of COVID. Now, there was a saying that I would once said earlier last year, early in the pandemic, during this pandemic, there's going to be millionaires, millionaires, and witnesses. So to sit here and talk to Maxwell today, learn how he did it, and dive into his why, and of course, what brings him on to the St. Clair Speaks Your Podcast, it's an honor to introduce Maxwell Nee. Maxwell, please give your audience a three to five minute introduction on yourself, your brand, your business, and of course, what brings you on to the St. Clair Speaks Your Podcast. Awesome. Thank you, Yahavi. You know, I, I'm not sure there's much I could say to, to beat that sort of introduction, but I appreciate it, brother. And um, for me, you know, um, you know, I'm the CEO, co-founder of our, of our business. And what we do is we help coaches build their business from zero. Um, a lot of our clients, you know, I've never had a high paying client before, never even had a client before. And we really, really can can build anyone you know, anyone on the planet from zero, as long as they're willing to take on everything we've got to give them. And, um, you know, you shared a bit about how we've managed to, to scale and what we've managed to do during the, the lockdown, um, which has been really, really great. And um, I'd love to share more about how I've done that so your audience could, takes away all those value nuggets later on in the show. And um, for me personally, you know, the reason why I love what I do is um, I love I love seeing people achieve new limits you know so I'm a, I'm a true coach in that nature you know i love i love seeing others win i love being a part of others win you know i don't have kids but i imagine it's a bit like being a proud a proud parent uh seeing others win and um that's what's in it for me that's pretty incredible um i want to dive into how all of this just came across your lap like like why this business why now and what have you learned from this pandemic? Because there's some huge success here, obviously, of course. And I, I want to dive into that. But what has that experience been like for you? you? As you mentioned from the coach side, what are some things that you're taking away from it from? Uh, I want you to be vulnerable here. But as a human being, like, is it like, wow, like I'm really out here changing lives? Is it emotional for you? How is that? Yeah, you know, like um, th there are days where work's hard, days where work's tired and long. But then, you know, when we when we get when a testimonial comes in and a client's in tears and they're so happy that you know they've had some sort of transformation in their life or their business, that that charges the batteries right up to full, you know, in in sixty seconds. So that's that's really awesome. Um, and I have a lot of fun just solving problems. So you know, I, I love just uh, you know maybe I shouldn't say this, but I love things breaking because <laughs> I like to solve them. You know, as long as it's a new problem to solve, I love I love fixing things right so um that's what i love about being an entrepreneur that's what i love about our business um yeah uh it, it's inc it's incredible so i want i want to dive into it because i'm one i you know for me it, it, it 
I don't want to say it's hard for me to consider myself a coach, but there's some ugly side of it, right? Trying to figure it out without guidance, without mentorship. And I tried to do it, but I knew it was ego, right? I'm like, ah, I, I could do it on my own. I could do it on my own. But at the same time, numbers don't lie. So at the end, as entrepreneurs, we got to look at the numbers and we have yep. to be brutally honest. Do we need the help? So when I when I look at when I'm reading your story and I'm hearing your story, I'm like, OK, this guy's on to something, right? The proof's in the numbers. Numbers don't lie. Facts are facts. So I want to know what what are this what is the conversation like? It, are you brutally honest with these entrepreneurs that you're, you're sitting down with and that you're helping? Like, um, how is that like for you? Yeah. So you know, brutally honest is one way to put it. But what I would like to say is I'm authentically straight. You know, I'm I'm so straight with our clients. Um, and what allows me to do that is I am straight with myself. You know, I. If, if I can see that there's a mistake I've made, I don't BS myself. Like what it happened just then, actually. So we have a new customer customer care person in training and they've given someone a response that um, they have abs in our in our company, a uh, potential client that is absolutely not what we endorse. Not what we like they they, they misread and mis misinterpreted what the client was saying and didn't support them when we could have. So. What I, what I like to do in our business and is I like to do what hotels do really, really well. So hotels, like five, six, seven-star hotels, are really, really good at turning a complaint into a raving fan. And they do that by, you know, if they mess up a meal, they might say, they might overgive and say like, well, let me let me get the meal for you and let me give you a bottle of champagne to your room. Is it your anniversary? And then and like all of a sudden like this, the, the icky feeling of how you are not supported just evaporates in the wind because they've they've turned that into a win because because hotels understand that you know a the hotel and hospitality and service industry is so highly competitive and um you know you're one customer away from falling off the mountain you really really are so um uh, one of our support team uh made a mistake i i jumped in i said hey it's max here you know co-founder of the company um i take full responsibility for what our our support person just said he's in training i apologize no excuses let me offer you this bang 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 and i literally just sent that before this call and i actually love doing that because i know that there's so much ground to cover that you can cover by 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 turning around those complaints into raving fans by over delivering on what they expected and initially wanted and more you know, it's, it's so interesting that you say this because I was having this conversation with myself earlier this morning as I was washing dishes. And I was saying that the testimonial, the review is just as powerful as the dollar. It, would you agree to that or would you argue to that? Because that's a very powerful point that you just made. Because when we go online like Amazon, right, we look at these books, we look at these products, we, you see a lot of reviews. Would the, is that just as important? Yeah, so you know, it, it adds the the value that I think you're pointing to in terms of like marketing value. But for me, in terms of a company that you know that we really want to build into something great, it creates like a real sense of accountability. You know, it's what I imagine. You know, if you watch any of those Steve Jobs movies, it's when Steve Jobs is is basically yelling. You know, I don't like to yell, and I, I don't yell. But it's when Steve Jobs basically yelling at his team, "We are Apple." we are the best in the world we can't do anything less than be the best in the world so what those reviews do for me in our business is they hold me accountable to like that steve jobs level of commitment to excellence uh because you know you you get a whole bunch of great five-star reviews and it's nothing less than 
excellence that, that keeps it there. So that's what it does for me. Um, yeah, I, you know, it, but how do you, I want to know, how do you remove the emotion apart from, you know, the entrepreneur? Because as you're on this podcast, you know, you're, you are a walking billboard for your brand. Right. So how do you separate you as a human being from the emotions? You know, we all do have our days, but how do you respond to, you know, adversity and those those days? Do you take personal time? Do you have the moments where you just say, hey, this is me. I'm protecting my energy. How do you respond to that? Yeah. So to be honest, you know, um, I'm probably not typical, but I love I love what I do. Like I work. I pretty much work from the time I open my eyes to the time I close my eyes. And um, even if I'm not working, like I'm thinking about stuff. But, you know, I think the the answer to my answer to the question that you're asking is, is I, I remind myself that uh, to perform, like our business is called High Performing Coach, to perform as a high performer, not just in my entrepreneurial life, I need to be a high performer in my personal life. So what I mean by that is, um, you know, performance uh, so i used to do amateur bodybuilding and you learn very quickly in amateur bodybuilding or any type of bodybuilding that 80 percent of your results come from comes from your rest not actually lifting the weights so to perform hard you've got to rest hard right and and we've really really learned that so you know in, in our business we've got this culture of work hard rest hard work hard rest hard because the rest hard is 80% of what happens when your eyes are awake. So so that's, that's I think, the answer to, to the question that you're asking. Um, and I love what I do, and I don't feel like I could ever burn out. <laughs> I love, I, you know, I love that. I love that. I didn't, I didn't even know you did amateur bodybuilding. I actually did amateur bodybuilding a couple of years ago, and I actually, I lost, right? And I have the medal right here. I was, it was three guys, and I finished last three at third place, but I keep the medal because I know I only lost because I beat myself and I keep it as a reminder never to get beat because I beat myself. So as you mentioned, you said, you know, you don't get burnt out. You don't get tired because you love what you do. Same thing with the podcast. I love these interviews. I love sitting down with people like you that have different insight. And when you said rest hard, like I'm like, whoa, wait, you just made me look at this completely different. And I think that's really incredible. And I could see the value uh, of just what you do because you have these principles and these guidelines that you set yourself to, you set the standard. So I kind of want to jump back to coaching and I want to know a little bit more on why coaching? Why, why did you decide to, uh, you know, take it this far? And what are some things that, you know, you're doing within the next six months that, you know, the listeners of course could benefit from, from higher performance? Yeah. So, um, you know, it's cliche, but, I would say that I fell into it. Uh, I fell into it not accidentally, though. I fell into it as a journey. So, you know, I started my entrepreneurial career about three and a bit years ago, and um, I, I, um, I first started as an online marketer, like an online email marketer, and then I quickly learned that um, I like that, like eight out of 10, like that seven out of 10. So I ended up having 13 different iterations of, of my niche and my focus and who I wanted to help to eventually land in coaching. So, you know, coaching has been a result of almost like having this um, clay rock and I've carved the edges around this sculpture about, you know, what to take away, what I don't like to end up with what I want. 
right? Like reveal all the all the all the mess around this clay rock to come up with a beautiful sculpture, and that's what I have learned to live into as coaching. And um, yeah, it's my thirteenth iteration of a niche, you know, within three years. So I was like relentlessly just, you know, this isn't it. This isn't quite it. This that like this this is closer. This is closer. This is closer. And and now I'm here. Um, in terms of what there is next for us in the next six months, you know, we have uh, found out what works really really well in our business. So I've uh, just you know I've I love coaching to the point where I've got two coaches. I always have at least two coaches. And one of them said to me today, actually, this is a great time for this interview, that uh, Max, you know, you haven't been focused. And I was like, shit, you're right, you know. Um, I haven't been focused. So then as of today, <laughs> as of today, we are tripling, doubling, quadrupling down on what has worked so far and just mastering the heck out of that, um, even beyond how we feel we've mastered it right now and um, staying in our lane really really staying in our lane um so that we can yeah we can be like the apple or the um what's another great example like the apple or the virgin or the the tesla of the world just by really really staying in our lane it's interesting that you say that because my next question was do you also believe in a saying all the great coaches have coaches and there you go you just said it. your coaches has held you accountable like hey you have to focus uh can you touch on that what's that like as far as this accountability having coaches in your corner yeah it's it's, it's great you know and i think um there's only two reasons why a coach wouldn't have a coach right either they have never had powerful coaching before or they have forgotten right and often it's the first one and it's the first one because of a new insight that I've just come up to recently, which is that, um, you know, in school, we are taught that if we get help from others to do the test of the exam, that's cheating and that's wrong. In school, we are taught and conditioned that if we get help from others, that's cheating and that's wrong. Like we are, we're taught from the age of five for 12, 13 years, that's cheating and that's wrong to get help from others. That's why I believe there's like this culture of, yeah, if you if 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 you get help, then um, you know, you're I don't know, less or whatever, whatever that, that stigma is. And um, but that's that's basically you saying as a coach that you don't believe in coaching because you're in the industry of help. <laughs> you know, you're in the industry of don't of there's a better way of don't do it by yourself, don't do it on your own. What's going on, guys? It's Yahavi David Sinclair Speaks, and you are now tuned in to the Sinclair Speaks Show. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast on platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything that you need in a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app and start your journey today. It's that time. I strongly agree with that. And it's interesting because from some, I, I, it, it, when I was younger, I always struggled with authority. And I think if you're one that struggles with authority, you're not going to give into coaching, right? Oh, oh, nah, you can't coach me. You're not, you can't coach me. But I actually have a coach, but I have a real, I have a real estate coach. I have a credit coach. Um, you know, I kind of section my, the type of coaches that I want. Some people need life coaches, spiritual coaches, um, you know, different sort of coaches. So it, it's also, I'm pretty sure you, if you experienced this, that you've sat down with people and it isn't the right fit. 
right? So for me, I've sat down with people and I'm like, hey, I definitely can't help you, but Maxwell can, or John can, or, or whomever can. I have no, you know, there's a saying, my old mentor used to tell me this, if I can't help you, I don't want to hurt you. So for me, it's, I live by referrals. You know, networking is everything for me. It's essential. This is why I love podcasting. You know, next month makes a year for me. And just building these relationships and, 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 and uh, these episodes gives me credibility. One, two, I know I can make the right call because I'm always in Clubhouse. If someone hears me speak, I know I can make the right recommendation for them. Like, hey, why don't you check out this episode featuring Maxwell? He's helped, you know, this much people online better their brand and their business. So for me, it's kind of like, as you mentioned a little earlier, sticking to your lane, sticking with what works, finding what works for you. And this is my sauce. This is my sauce. It's kind of like an like an interview kind of a thing for me now where I, I get to dive into what works for you, but also really just study success. So what has the experience been for you on COVID? Because obviously this is not that in-person interview. This is remotely. But what has it been for you just taking advantage of all these resources like LinkedIn, like Clubhouse, TikTok or YouTube? What has that been like for you just mastering that online presence? Yeah. So, um, you know, before the pandemic and COVID and lockdown happened, 60% um, of our revenue came from live events, right? Like in-person events. And, you know, it happened and we had an event sold out in London uh, April last year. And uh, it sold out five weeks in advance, you know, week four coming up to the event, um, we get an email, you know, venues closed, London's locked down, events canceled, sorry. And we were like, shit, what do we do? So then, um, you know, COVID basically uh, forced our hand to, to test something that has always been on our minds, but we, we weren't sure, you know, we weren't sure if we brought our events online through Zoom that the connection would be the same, that the emotion would be the same, that the engagement would be the same, all that sort of stuff. And what we found was that couldn't be further from the truth. You know, uh, it's probably a combination of it was, you know, we, we we gave it everything we've got and the world was just so ready for, you know, this new way of interacting with people, right? There was no more excuses. <laughs> it's either your business was on pause or you were open to showing up online, right? Your business on pause, it opened showing up online. And um, so that happened. So we moved it online and our events were just as uh, effective, if not maybe even a little bit more effective. Plus we had a new opening to, you know, not just everyone within this central city of London in the UK, but the whole time zone, right? The whole, so we moved from a city model to a time zone model. So we like 10X our reach, you know, just by doing this thing, plus not having to pay for tea, coffee, venue, travel, hotel, taxis, cabs, after drinks, all that sort of stuff, right? All of that just gone. So, you know, margins went like this. And another thing that we didn't expect, it was like a perfect storm, actually, uh, as long as you didn't stop. You know, a lot of businesses stopped during the lockdown because they were like, I'll just wait it out. As long as you didn't stop, it was really the perfect storm. Um, and, you know, we we could have easily stopped. We could have easily said, let's just wait. Let's put our event on hold, refine everyone their tickets. But But we weren't you know, we, we, we wanted to keep moving. So because we were committed to keep moving, we found solutions. You know, I really believe that if we weren't as committed, we wouldn't have seen those solutions because we wouldn't have been looking for them. But as long as you keep looking, you'll keep finding. And um, there's a few things that happened. You know, what I found was during COVID, uh, like it was almost like, 
let's say your market, there's 10, 10 people in your market, you know, two out of the 10 were on the fence and they were willing to jump off the fence to take some sort of action. And eight out of 10 disappeared because they, they, like, they weren't actually interested in working with us. So what we found was COVID pushed a lot of fence sitters off the fence and everyone else disappeared. So people just sort of flowed into action into working with us and because we were there we were showing up and we said hey you know this can still work it's still possible and also um advertising costs on facebook and linkedin and all that sort of thing dropped to what it was like three years ago because there were so many people at home so many more eyeballs on screens right because people weren't out at the club they weren't out drinking they weren't out at restaurants everyone had a screen in front of them so it was like this perfect storm of, of um of opportunity if you were willing to take what felt like a scary action at the time. That's very powerful. And I, you know what, if, and if you didn't do it, if you didn't take that chance, I don't want to say the resentment is heavy, but man, like they were just, the government was at a point where they were just giving away money over here and everything was just all flipped. But one of the things that this pandemic has taught me and one of the things that I miss that I that a lot of us didn't take advantage of was that human interaction to go to events. I am itching to go to an event. If you host an event in UK, I'm flying out all the way from yeah. New York City yeah. because, because the podcast created during this pandemic, this is what I created. Now I have these relationships that I could just I could just go and attend an event and sit there and learn whether it's a seminar, but because we were limited to that because of COVID. And I think in my, from my personal experience and from what I'm hearing from these new entrepreneurs that are coming out of the gate, that people are itching for that. For me, I found this entrepreneurship when I attended a networking event. I had a mentor, right? But I didn't really, I, at the moment, I didn't know I had a mentor. I was just learning. It, it was one of those, you know, I want to say, uh, trials and tribulations where you kind of like fail and you learn from it. But one of the things that I learned from it was accountability accountability. And I think that's very important for people to have that. So attending events is great. Um, you know, creating a team is great. Getting out there is great. Putting yourself out there is great. And that's what that's what people are looking for now. I am itching for that, that in-person engagement, shaking hands. Like, I want to shake your hand. I, I, I This is great. <laughs> but there's nothing like that firm handshake, you know, then you, you guys dive into that. A lot of people miss that. I miss that. I was pretty much just boxed in. This is my studio. And now we're actually building one. So that's exciting too, to just take action. Like you said, results don't come from knowledge. They come from action. So you got to take action and you got to pretty much just put yourself out there. But I, I want to know um, what what has, you know, I, I want to talk about failure for a little bit. And if you've experienced that, not even just during this pandemic, but just any story that you have to share with the audience, how you were able to bounce back from those trials and tribulations to to walk in that faith now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great question. Great question. So, you know, the I believe. What's going on, guys? It's your hobby, David Sinclair Speaks. You are now tuned in to the Sinclair Speaks Show. Thank you for streaming this episode of the St. Clair Speak Show podcast. Don't forget to visit stclairspeaks.com and hustlehub.com and stay up to date with St. Clair Speak Show updates, upcoming guests, live webinar events, and St. Clair Speak Show trade talk. Visit stclairspeaks.com and hustlehub.com today. The, um, the secret, uh, like what I would call my secret to failure, 
is not taking it personally. So um, I'll give you an example. Like when when I was, I don't know, in my early 20s, I, um, I wanted this job and I wanted this job so bad. It was my corporate banking job before I became an entrepreneur. And this job, um, I wasn't qualified for it. I, I, um, I was too. I was like, I would have been the youngest in the state if I got the job, and all this stuff. You know, all this stuff was stacked against me. But I, but I, 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 I heard an idea, and the idea was that you don't need to have a qualifications to to make this job work, this corporate banking job. All you needed was to, you know, really, really connect and have the work ethic, and. Um, and have the relationship with the team you know the, the the team managers actually don't hire on experience as much as they think as much as people think they do they hire based on fit and uh work ethic and things like that so i thought okay you know i can i can do that so you know i applied for this job and similar jobs like it um 37 times before i got in you know I had like six interviews 37 applications i took people out i spent like as a poor uni student i took um, a whole floor, a whole corporate floor out for coffee. You know, I'd spent $500, $600 taking people out for coffee to build relationships and to, to to try to muscle my way into this job. And then I got it, you know, and and I really believe um, what got me through that was, yeah, just removing any personal attachment, you know, any 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 meaning of rejection. So, you know, failure and and, and rejection that's all meaning, right? But that's all meaning that we put onto things. And it doesn't necessarily mean like mean that unless you choose for it to mean that. So I'll give you another example, right? If I, um, let's say when um, I, I have an ex-girlfriend and uh, we watch this movie and it's the first time we kiss and whatever, all that stuff about that first movie, the first time we kiss, the cinema, the seat, you know, that's meaning I've applied to that movie. But I've, I've, I've applied it there and I've got to hold it there for it to stay there. The same is with the rejection. You have to apply the meaning of rejection to something and you've got to hold it there and keep it there. So I really believe the secret to moving through failure um, like, like a freight train, like a bullet, is um, to practice the muscle of recognizing that's meaning that you're putting there and recognizing because you put it there, you can take it away. It's very powerful, man. It's very powerful. And not you said not taking it personal. I'm like, oof, that, that one hit me. Because, it, you know, it, it's hard not to sometimes. It, it, to be honest, it's really hard not to, you know, because you, you feel like, oh, you, but you feel this sense of entitlement. But but it's also sometimes, of course, rejection is protection, right? So, uh, you know, a failure is a deep story within itself. But how was uh, the experience like, uh, you know, I've read a little bit, correct me if I'm wrong, you moved from uh, Australia to Toronto, Canada. What was that transition like for you? Yeah, so Australia to Canada, um, that was, you know, I reached a point where I realized I didn't want any of the jobs that I had at my um, previous job. I didn't want any of the promotions that I saw in front of me. So I said, you know, what the hell am I doing here? And I quickly realized that um, I've been playing safe, playing safe and playing small because the corporate job was always my plan B. It was my plan B in case if being an entrepreneur didn't work out because I deep down always wanted to be my own boss, be an entrepreneur, build a company, you know, be, live what that's like to, to really own something that I've 
I've built and um, contributed to the building. So then I said, you know what? I have been playing safe, playing small for too long. It had been five years, you know, of, of this, of building like this, um, painting this Sistine Chapel of a plan B, like this beautiful plan B. And uh, it was just so stupid when I realized that, right? So then I said, okay, I need to turn, I need to shift the gear. I need to shift the gear and make myself as uncomfortable as possible because it's only in being uncomfortable I recognized that I would grow. You know, all those rejections and stuff, yeah, that was uncomfortable, but um, it was I was growing with each one and I could feel it and I knew it. So I picked Canada, Toronto, because it was a place I'd never been before. I had no friends, no no place to stay, had never seen snow before, um, like all this, all this stuff, no um, no job, nothing. So I picked a place where I had nothing, so I had to go there, and my only choice was to grow. So then I went there, I slept on couches, I sold stuff to pay for rent, like all this stuff was, I was figuring myself out, trying to buy myself time. And, uh, and yeah, it was great. It was a great learning experience. And um, I would do it again. I've done it again, actually. I, w- I have this question. I have this question for you. And, and I, I want to know if you were from the age of, say, 14 to 16. No, actually, 14, 17 right now what would you do what 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 would you tell yourself right now right if you were living in this time and you had all of these resources of information because of course it's different now than it was when we were actually 14 15. yeah what i would say where was i at when i was 14 to 17. i was yeah i I wasn't really thinking about the future or thinking about you know there's nothing really I was scared of, not because I wasn't scared, but because I I never, no one had ever stretched me to think big enough to scare myself. So I think what I would say is something along the lines of, um, you know, whatever you do, you can have fun doing it, you know, instead of it being like this like this seriousness, you know, like, uh, I don't know what it was, what it was like in the US, but like when you come out of school, there's like this seriousness. Yeah, you've got to get into university. You've got to get that job. You've got to save up. You've got to buy the house. Like all this, all this like pressure and, and like social crap that, that people bury you with. And, um, and a lot of people sink, you know, a lot of people don't learn to swim under all of that. And I've got friends that, have um two three four five diplomas five degrees but never had a job because they they they're striving for perfection and they're striving for the diploma to give them the confidence before they can apply for the job but you know confidence doesn't come before you take an action it comes after your confidence comes after you take the action you never thought you could take you know like i I felt an enormous rocket ship of confidence when i got that corporate job because it was there was like in my mind, it was like a one percent chance I could get it, and then I got it, and then it was like, boom! Like you know, you you couldn't fill me up with more confidence because that, that thing couldn't have been more impossible the day before. Um, so yeah, it would be to to do whatever you wanted to do, and and know that you can actually have fun. So you you can build the life that you want and have fun instead of it being like this serious thing. I got to get a job by this date so I can get a house by this date. So I can get a car by this date. And it's just all that crap, you know, all that crap that just, it, I, I really think it just does more harm than good, you know, for, for most kids. 
Um, it, it definitely did for me because I was lost for quite a few years straight after school because it was just like I wasn't meeting that that expectation that um, I felt I had to meet. And then, um, you know, as a result, I applied this meaning to it that that I messed up and, you know, I should just give up and, and, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, that, that is, it's so interesting. And you also bring up confidence and then that's something I also want to talk about. Um, you know, f- definitely finding confidence at a young age is, is one, because that's something I, I thought I had now looking back, it's like, I, I had, I don't know. I don't think I had the consciousness, but I had the confidence and now realizing, Hey, I'm 29, you know, I turned 30 in July. Now I'm like, okay, I got to be at this before uh, I turn 30, I have to be here. It's so interesting because back then I remember, I remember other kids in high school saying, oh, you're not going to be successful if you don't get the college degree. Now look, skills create the jobs now. We live in one of the greatest times. Um, You know, I'm just sitting on this app, Clubhouse, for example, so much good information. So like it's, information at your fingertips, it's connections at your fingertips, but it's also resources, you know, and you get this instant connection. And and what I've recently learned is to find confidence through just taking action and not getting caught. And this is something I recently overcome. I want to share with you um, that that information paralysis, whatever. And let's just call a spade a spade an insecurity of, you know, not thinking that it's possible. Right. So also believing that these things are possible because at a young age, we didn't see that. We didn't see those possibilities of it being possible from the other side. Now looking at it, podcast hosts sitting here interviewing, you know, successful people like you who, who, who've done it, who've done it and who's doing it now and seeing that inspiration because it's different. And, and I think you kind of touched on this a little earlier in the podcast, but what I want, what I want to know from you is how do you find how do you find the confidence and the ability to do what you do so confidently as well as accepting that criticism when it doesn't work, right? Or, you know, when you do get the negative review, how do you, how do you kind of take that and still have that confidence? Yeah. So, um, you know, there's, the, I, there's two different things in that. So the negative review is the meaning. That's, that's the meaning, right? The negative review will only sting based on the meaning that you that you apply to it. Okay, so if you apply the meaning that, oh, I've got a negative review, I'm no good at this, then you're out of the game. You know, you're you're on the bench. You know, you're really, really on the bench. You couldn't be further from the court, right? But if you if you could recognize that you're applying that meaning and that that meaning is actually something that you made up, like because if two if a hundred different people see that negative review, hundred different business owners, you get a hundred different opinions. Right. So the the truth isn't in the opinion. The truth is what you make the opinion mean. Right. Um, now, in terms of the confidence, like I, I, I coach my clients on this all the time on a, on, a, on, a, on a sliding scale. There is number one uh, thinking. There's thinking about doing something. Right. And thinking is the opposite of action. Right, because if you, if you're in your head thinking about doing something, if you're in your head thinking about shooting a three pointer, you're not holding onto a ball about to shoot a three pointer. You're just not. It's, it's the opposite of action. And then on the, on the other side of thinking is confidence. See, confidence comes after you do something you you didn't think you could do. Trying to have confidence before you take action 
is a bit like saying, yeah, I want a baby, but I'll get pregnant after. Give me the baby first and I'll get pregnant after. You know, it, it, it doesn't work like that. It, 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 it really is just like a straight scale, thinking, action, confidence. That's going to be the ad. This is going to be the ad promo segment I'm going to go with right there. That is cool. a spot on. That is <laughs> that's a spot on. Because, you know, at, at some point, you know, imagine if I, I do not want to be 75 years old and lacking confidence. Are you kidding me? I walked this earth for 75 years and I'm not confident about myself. I want to be I want to be I want to be confident in my skin, in my ability when I'm 75, 80, 90. Right. Because I don't want to live the life miserable. Right. So, you know, j just seeing this recent pandemic, you know, there's a lot to be confident about. If you're here, if you're if you're surviving, if you're living, you should be yeah. confident. But I, I'm at a point and this is my mindset. You know, you know, I got a curse here. I'm like, fuck confidence. I'm not fuck confidence, but fuck surviving. I'm not yeah. here just to survive. I'm here to thrive. I want to yeah. win. I don't want to just participate. I'm not here for participation trophies. So when I look at podcasting, there's so much other podcast platforms that are doing these big numbers. And just the other day, I was looking at my numbers and I'm like, yeah, yeah, this doesn't define me. What defines me is the connections that I establish and what I do with these connections, because it goes back to the saying, you know, what's the point of having soldiers if you can't use them? Right. What's the point of having a network if you can't help your network connect with other people? So when I have people, you know, that like Maxwell Nee that comes on the podcast, that's sharing all of this insight to overcoming those obstacles that we put in front of ourselves. And you, you could easily say this. The only one that puts the pressure on ourselves is ourselves. So when we have these deadlines, we, we set these expectations that we must live in the expectations. So I want to ask you two questions here. How, how do you overcome those expectations? Right. And how do you um, also, how do you define, how do you overcome the pressure that you could put on yourself with labeling these expectations upon yourself? Yeah. Okay. So I will answer that. Let me answer one other thing first of confidence. Cause I think, I think this will add a lot of value, right? So consider that confidence, self-belief, whatever, whatever you want to call it, Consider that um, as a baby, you already have that. Everyone is already born with it. It's just waiting to be revealed. How do I know this? Because if you say to a five-year-old, if you jump off this slide, you can fly, they will do it, right? There's, they'll have no shadow of a doubt and you'll be responsible for catching them, right? And so... What does that tell us? That tells us that as a as a, a baby that hasn't had a lifetime of people saying no, you know, people, people, um, you know, learning rejection. I believe rejection is learned. It's learned because babies don't know it. They don't know when to stay quiet. They don't know manners. They don't know whatever. It's all learned. So just recognizing that all the shit that's holding you back was learned means that you can unlearn it so you me everyone listening to this podcast everyone on the planet already has all the confidence that they could possibly want the only thing is that they've buried it down with uh misinterpreted and misunbalanced misconstrued learnings and they've buried it down so that it's like this 
uh, my my business partner shares this analogy. It's like a gold statue. It's like you, everyone is born with a gold statue. Statue, and then at some point, you know, by the age of twenty, uh, through a combination of experiences, you've thrown mud over it. Because, uh, you know, when you're five, you can do anything. You can do anything. Run to anyone. Ask anyone any question. Rejection doesn't even exist. Because, but then you learn the meaning of rejection. You learn all that, and um, that's great because you can unlearn it. Powerful thing, man. Rejection is a very powerful thing. I just, I've just recently overcome that. With I was doing real estate wholesaling, um, and I'm making these calls to these sellers, and I'm getting rejection all day. You know, when you're doing real estate, these people are like they're about to lose their homes. Of course, you know, there's a lot of driven emotion there, so they're cursing me out. They're hanging up on me, and it's like after a while, you get 75 curse outs, or you know, this much hangs up in a row. You know that rejection. I don't say it, it. It starts to rub off on you. You just start to look at it. But how? How do, do you do you study that rejection? Do you look at it like, okay, how can I uh, use this to my advantage? Is this rejection for me to get better? Yeah. So the first thing um, is that language is everything, right? So I'm 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 maniacal about language with our clients, and even the word rejection um, creates a disempowering. Uh, state of what actually happened. So rejection is a story. They rejected me as a story. What actually happened is you asked someone a question and they said, no, that's it. No meaning. So, so you need to get to the bottom of there's no meaning to let go of this idea uh, that, that we have this learned idea of that when someone says no to me, that that's, that's a rejection. And consider this, you know, when you're a baby, the reason why um you know rejection happens the way it happens to people it's because you when when everyone was a baby at some point we pointed at something at a toy or candy and mum or dad came to us and said look no means no stop it no means no stop it listen to me no that's when we learned it we learned that no means no stop it we can't have what we want and then no wonder why we're were, were so afraid to just point to things and say, hey, I want that or go for that because we were, we were, you know, we were told by our parents and, and there's nothing wrong with it. Like it's, it's, it's necessary to, to tell a kid, say, no, you can't say yes to a kid for every little thing, but um, just recognizing that it's, it's learned. It's all learned. So I want to kind of, I want to kind of like piggyback to, uh, my question about you know uh, pressure and expectations. I think that just falls in the same category. How do you, you know, how how do you do, how do you overcome that pressure, and in the expectations that come with that? Yeah. So, I believe the answer to this question is different for everyone, and I believe that everyone knows already knows the answer to this question. And let me let me pull it out of the audience. So if you're in the audience right now and you know you want to know how to um how to look at or how to deal with expectations or pressure or whatever i want you to ask yourself this question what would your 90 year old self say to you right now what would they say to you right now Whatever that is for you, that's your answer. <laughs> that's it. That's it. 
that I think that that answer uh, that answers a lot of questions, right? So I kind of want to talk about success. You know, everyone, of course, you know, everyone's going to answer this in, you know, their own opinion. Of course, you know, what's your definition of success? Oh, success is happiness. It's this, it's that. It's living within purpose. Like, how do you define success? And at what moment? Because I've had moments, and I'll be quite honest with you, where I've hit some very successful points, and I haven't felt successful, right? Like, I, I, I you know, from the outside looking in, some people would say, oh, you're doing this, you're doing this, you're doing this. But some people don't feel that fulfillment of success. So what's success for you and how do you define it? Yeah, so um, what's success for me and how do I define it? You know, uh, I don't really like the word success. I, 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 I think it creates a box, you know, and... And when you have a box, an expectation is a box. You know, I should be successful by this date. That's a box. Whenever you have a box, you've got um, a target that you can miss, right? And if you've got a target you can miss, you got um, like it's either full satisfaction or disappointment. There's, there's there's nothing in the middle, you know. And and it's not realistic to always be fully satisfied. So you're setting yourself up to fall into disappointment at some stage of the journey. Uh, I'm not saying don't be driven, like go for what you want, but um, like if I'm ever talking to any of our clients, I'd say just, you know, what, why is there such a big attachment to success? Like why, why, why have you ever considered that you could just, um, that instead of having things that need to have labels, that you could just do what you love and be rewarded for it and and learning to love the climb. You know, why do you have to reach the top of the mountain? It's when you're attached to reaching the top of the mountain that um, you always have somewhere to fall off from, you know, compared to if you just learn to love the climb, you know, like Elon Musk, he loves the climb of getting the human race on Mars. He doesn't know if he'll reach it, he doesn't care, but he just loves the climb. Like he, even if he died tomorrow, he'll die as happy as he is, even if he had landed the human race on Mars because he loves to climb that much, like the top of the mountain doesn't mean anything. So um, that's what I would say. Yeah, man, it's all about the, you know, it's all about the journey, not the destination, right? And, and what you take away from from the journey, these these little, these, these little moments, and they have the largest ripple effect, for sure. You know, just in the moment of, you know, pursuing, just pursuing anything. And I love the analogy that you used uh, with the box and, and just, you know, of course, you know, boxing yourself in and setting these expectations because if you miss you're going to be bummed out you're going to be depressed about it you're going to be like oh i'm not good enough or yeah it's going to happen but um you know i I love it man uh man i'm really loving this interview uh you're breaking down so much that i want to say so much saying that oh like it's simple but yeah it's very simple but as, as simple as it sounds it's very hard for people to apply this, right? Read a book every day, work out every day, right? Eat healthy. We know these things are good for us, yet we, we, we don't train our mind. And you kind of want to piggyback to what you said earlier and kind of like unlearning these things from when we were younger. We're teaching ourselves now and really just studying, right? Just really studying ourselves and just making time for ourselves. So I, w- I have another question for you, of course. Now, I kind of want you to describe, uh, you know, a high-performing coach in, in five five words, right? Five words that come to mind. Uh, go. Okay. 
committed uh committed powerful resourceful authentic and vulnerable now i want you to break down why each five okay cool so committed is um you know commitment a lot of people are scared of commitment right because they're scared of what happens if they don't meet their commitment but there's something that happens to humans uh in their brain when they commit to something so i always say to our clients a commitment is there to empower you you know um if you say to a a pro athlete look get committed to something and they go to sleep that night making a decision they're going to get committed to a gold medal all of a sudden their life everything starts to line up you know because they've got a finish line see as humans if we don't have a finish line uh something to run towards which is basically like a commitment then we don't have goals to aim for goalposts to run towards goals to shoot then we can get really really stuck right so you know i really believe that without committing you lose so much more than whatever rejection or failure or anything you perceive if you don't get really really committed to something now uh powerful and i believe resourceful yeah okay so so powerful powerful is yeah it's a bit vague uh, i didn't really want to say that word but nothing else came to mind so let's let's go with it so powerful for me is um it's basically just like showing up so it's 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 the equivalent of um someone who really really wants something compared to someone that is so so you know it's the equivalent of um the the person who is who is uh let me give you an example Let, let's use mike tyson as an example so i read this i read this quote once by mike tyson and said something like i would be up at 3 30 in the a.m in the morning running every morning even when i wasn't training because i knew the other guy wasn't you know so it's like that's what i mean by powerful i mean like really really like taking all tweaking all the one percents all the one percent advantages you could have in whatever you're doing and looking for those and looking for more and more and more and just like really getting two hands around the cake and putting 10 fingers into it and being like i'm gonna really really grab the grab the throat of this opportunity right now and and you're gonna have to either um kill me or i'm gonna i'm gonna have to really really change my mind about letting it go i love that i love that I, yeah i love that you use mike tyson man oh man that guy that guy is ageless. Mike Tyson is ageless, and that and that for one is inspiring, right? To 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 pick that dream back up again. So, whew, just imagine, be ugh, man. I, I just only imagine. Now let's move on to. Uh, I believe you mentioned resourceful, right? So break that down for us. Yeah. So uh, one of my business mentors shared with me this idea. I, I don't know the exact quote, but the idea is that um, to the resources that we have available to us isn't actually based on what is available to us. 
it's it's based on what we see as available it's not based on what's actually there it's about how much we see that's there so resourceful is about is about um looking it's basically looking with like two eyes because if you look for something you'll find it you know if you're if you're looking for problems in the world to to victimize yourself you will find them if you're looking for signs that tell you you should be an entrepreneur you'll find them if you're looking for um like whatever you look for you'll find that that that's that's what resource resourcefulness really means for me and i believe the next one there was another one as well uh you said vulnerability yeah i think i said authentic and then vulnerability. Uh, authentic, yeah. yeah yeah um uh either word touch on either one cool cool let, let, let's let's start with authentic right so uh, you know, authentic is like this sexy word and everyone wants to be it, but it's, it's quite hard to articulate what it means. And since we started swearing, I love that. So authenticity for me is basically not bullshitting yourself, you know, and, and not bullshitting yourself, not bullshitting others. What that looks like is it's a bit like how, let's say you've got a group of friends and one of them always asks you to go out for dinner. And for some reason, you find a reason to say no. You know, and deep down, you know that you just you just don't want to invest the time with this person. Like they're a seven out of ten friend, and like they're sort of cool, but they're not. And the conversation's sort of there, but it's not. So, where people are inauthentic is when they say, "Yeah, let me know when you're free." When they really want to say, "You know what? Um, I um, I don't want to invest my time with you." That's what they really want to say. And I'm not saying go out and say that and, and crush crush people around you. But I mean, what's more authentic? You know, how could you be more authentic? How could you not bullshit yourself? Because every time you tell a lie, you've got to tell yourself another lie first. You got to tell yourself another lie that it's a good idea to tell this lie compared to just being straight and saying, um, no, I'm just, you know, I'm not interested. And keeping it 100, man, you got to keep it real. Just say I'm yeah. not interested. That that's it. I, I with LinkedIn, it's funny we, we talk about this. We'll, then we'll jump into vulnerability. Yeah, I'm keep getting these sales messages, and I, I it's it's not. There's nothing wrong with saying no, right? And just keeping it real versus stringing people on. Oh, maybe next week, Maxine, or whatever, whatever. Just keep it real. Yeah. Um, so let, let's dive into vulnerability. Yeah. So vulnerability. It's funny. Uh, you know, vulnerability is keeping it real. You know, vulnerability isn't like going around crying every day. It's it's um, it's it's keeping it real to the point where, let's say, you know, uh, what's an example? Um, let's say you just went through a breakup, right? You're a guy went through a breakup, and your boys say, "Hey, bro, you're right." And you know. A lot of guys might fall into the trap of saying, yeah, man, don't care about her, don't care, like all this tough guy stuff, right? <laughs> when, when really they want to say, uh, yeah, you know, bro, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit sad, to be honest, but um, I know I'll get over it. But yeah, a bit sad. Like, it, that, that's not even completely being vulnerable, but it's it's closer than, yeah, man, no, screw her. You know, I, I, I don't care. You know, where's the next one at? You know, all that stupid stuff, right? So... <laughs> Um, so that's so a vulnerability. It's just basically being human. Oh, man. It's interesting you say that because, you know, men are human beings too, man. It's okay to cry. 
right? So, ah, oh, man, vulnerability. It, 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 it's tough. And being brutally honest, uh, this was really good. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, re I'm really in it today. I'm in my podcasting host mode today with, with these real good questions today because I, I, I wanted to know how do you think? How do you perform? Because how you think is actually how you perform. And then you said something about thinking isn't taking action. And I'm mind blown by that statement because, you know, the, there's always a message in meeting people. I strongly believe that there's there's billions and millions of people that walk this earth, right? But what, what are what is the coincidence of me and you crossing paths, right? For me to sit here and hear your story, for the listeners to hear your story. What is the biggest thing that you want the listeners not even just listeners, just anyone that's just following you to, 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 to take away from this episode, but to take away from you in particular, what's a message that you really want to put out there for people? Yeah. Um, there's nothing wrong with asking for help. You know, there's nothing wrong with asking for help. There's nothing wrong with getting things wrong. You know, wrong is just, it's just an idea. You know, things are wrong, that's wrong, I'm wrong. You know, we learn in school that there's right or wrong, you know, and we learn that to try to, to try to be better humans. But, um, you know, we sort of learn that a bit too much. We learn that a bit too much because then it, 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 it's, uh, we start, we start putting it in the wrong places. Like, um, like if I don't get this job, that's wrong or I'm wrong or my career choice is wrong or the last five years have been wrong, you know, all this like wrong making um doesn't doesn't help anyone you know that, that, that doesn't help anyone and the biggest one is um yeah there's nothing wrong with uh getting help or asking for help man this was a this was really dope i actually this was this was the one for me i i i have my i have my interviews where you know, I, I sit down with someone like you and I, I hear all this inspiration, but to, to see it is one thing, to hear it is one thing, but to actually sit down and, and, and learn more about you. And thank you for being so vulnerable on the podcast. And you're a high performance coach because you've shown that vulnerability, right? That's vulnerability right there. Just touching on how you, how you just overcome uh, failure, faith, and, and just taking action. It's, it's really incredible. What are some things, uh, you know, it, it's March 16th right now, right? It's March 16th. We're recording this podcast episode. Um, I don't want to say the next six months from now or the next year from now. Uh, what, what does things look like for, for you? What can uh, people and, of course, the listeners can, you know, look forward coming from your side of, you know, what you're doing with your brand and your business? Any events coming up? Yeah, yeah. So we have like a whole, you know, a whole cocktail worth of events you know we have workshops free workshops every week uh if you want to check one of them out i can leave a link in the in the show notes you know if you, or you, if you jump to our website highperforming.coach it's on the home page we've got free ones every week we've got like new challenges new things like we like to keep keep things fresh with new things here and there um but you know what i'm what i'm really excited about is i'm really excited about the next challenge that's um that's in front of us which is you know moving from a bunch of people that started a business together to building a team and then building like a, a company you know and really really honing that in and um really really yeah bringing people together because you know i see it as a bit like um like what's his name phil jackson right phil jackson put together the chicago bulls it's like that 
like you know you got to put the right players in the right place and then you know you, you, or you then you just got to watch this magic happen so you know i want i want to i'm really excited to create my own dynasty um not that it's mine like it's, it's all of ours in the team but i just said that it's mine really excited to to build a dynasty and um you know hopefully there'll be a show about our dynasty someday no i'm, I'm joking but um but yeah i'm excited to 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 see what's possible um in our business and, and the team that we have and putting bringing people together and everything like that oh man i love it i love it i love it uh dynasty phil jackson just just greatness and just building building i love how you you kind of took it back and just mentioned community and just growing together all of that is just incredible within itself another incredible uh podcast episode of the same course speaks your podcast um sitting down with maxwell knee guys this one was a honor and privilege if there's one thing that you could take away from this episode please let us know in the comment section when you watch this video or if you stream this episode of the podcast give us a review you know what did maxwell say today that really stuck out to you right what are some things that you could take away from this episode that you're going to apply but what do i always say what good is information if we don't apply it so take action because thinking clearly is not action so take this action i'm excited for this podcast episode and i'm excited to see maxwell what you're gonna do in the future i want to put this out there now and i want to put this in the universe i can't wait to you know to you know, meet you in person at an event. Uh, we're going to do this remote interview now, but I want to put this out there now so I could use this piece of content as promo, as I told you. So, because it's time to get out there, guys, you know, the economy's opening back up. Jobs are opening back up. There are, there's a lot of, there's this synergy that's happening right now. So now is the time. Now is not the time to just hear another good podcast interview. Now's the time to actually reach out to Maxwell. So if you need, um, you know, the, the workshop training, if you need that coaching and that mentorship. So if you need that accountability in your corner, look, it's here. The proof's in the pudding. Energy doesn't lie. Right. So you hear the story. You see the proof. Now put the plan to work, put the action to work. And, and you know what? You're always one idea away from changing your life. And what changed mine was this podcast to hear incredible stories like Maxwell's. Like always, guys, please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to the St. Clair Speak Show podcast, streaming now on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Radio Public. You could watch this full interview on my YouTube channel, Yahavi St. Clair, and the St. Clair Speak Show page. Like always, guys, I will see you in the next one. It's that time. I'm out. Peace.